It's December 10th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast, where we read through the Bible together in a year. That's right, every one of the 31,102 verses of the Bible. And just think, we're coming up to the home stretch. We are working our way through the final section of the Old Testament with the Minor Prophets and are reading the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Some have asked why we post this podcast so early. That is so our friends in Europe and other time zones are able to participate. As your reading coach, I don't want you to miss a day. It is important that you have consistency in your daily life if you want to reach a goal, and setting aside a regular time each day for reading the Bible is a good thing. We hope this podcast will help you develop a habit of reading God's Word and that you will be encouraged to study it, meditate upon it, and have it deeply encoded in your heart. And if you miss a day, you can always catch up and you can find past episodes on podbean.com at One Year Bible Tour Guide or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is good to be with you today. We are starting a new book in the Old Testament and will spend three days reading it, the book of Amos. We have such a variety of people whom God has chosen to speak for him throughout the generations. Amos is not a court official like Isaiah, even though he is Isaiah's contemporary. He's a common laborer, a shepherd, but a shepherd who speaks for the King of Kings. So now let's go to the book of Amos, chapter 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. Judgment on Israel's neighbors. And he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Damascus, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have threshed Gilead with threshing sledges of iron. So I will send a fire upon the house of Hazael, and it shall devour the strongholds of Ben-Hadad. I will break the gate bar of Damascus, and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon. And him who holds the scepter from Beth-Eden and the people of Syria shall go into exile to Kerr, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they carried into exile a whole people to deliver them up to Edom. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, and it shall devour her strongholds. I will cut off the inhabitants from Ashdod, and him who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Tyre, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they delivered up a whole people to Edom, and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyre, and it shall devour her strongholds. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity, and his anger tore perpetually, and he kept his wrath forever. So I will send a fire upon Teman, and it shall devour the strongholds of Basra. 
Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of the Ammonites, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead, that they might enlarge their border. So I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah, and it shall devour her strongholds, with shouting on the day of battle, with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind, and their king shall go into exile, he and his princes together, says the Lord. Chapter 2. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Moab, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because he burned to lime the bones of the king of Edom. So I will send a fire upon Moab, and it shall devour the strongholds of Kerioth. And Moab shall die amid uproar, amid shouting and the sound of the trumpet. I will cut off the ruler from its midst, and will kill all its princes with him, says the Lord. Judgment on Judah. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have rejected the law of the Lord, and have not kept his statutes, but their lies have led them astray, those after which their fathers walked. So I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the strongholds of Jerusalem. Judgment on Israel. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted. A man and his father go in to the same girl, so that my holy name is profaned. They lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge, and in the house of their God they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and who was as strong as the oaks. I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and led you forty years in the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up some of your sons for prophets, and some of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not indeed so, O people of Israel, declares the Lord? But you made the Nazarites drink wine, and commanded the prophets, saying, You shall not prophesy. Behold, I will press you down in your place, as a cart full of sheaves presses down. Flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not retain his strength, nor shall the mighty save his life. He who handles the bow shall not stand, and he who is swift of foot shall not save himself, nor shall he who rides the horse save his life and he who is stout of heart among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, declares the Lord. Chapter 3. Israel's Guilt and Punishment Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Do two walk together, unless they have agreed to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there is no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? 
Is a trumpet blown in a city, and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing His secret to His servants the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Proclaim to the strongholds in Ashdod and to the strongholds in the land of Egypt, and say, Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria, and see the great tumults within her, and the oppressed in her midst. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord, those who store up violence and robbery in their strongholds. Therefore thus says the Lord God, An adversary shall surround the land and bring down your defenses from you, and your strongholds shall be plundered. Thus says the Lord, As the shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, so shall the people of Israel who dwell in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch and part of a bed. Hear and testify against the house of Jacob, declares the Lord God, the God of hosts, that on the day I punish Israel for his transgressions, I will punish the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. I will strike the winter house along with the summer house, and the houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall come to an end, declares the Lord. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the book of Amos. Amos was not a religious professional. He did not go to a school for the prophets. He was a shepherd of Tekoa and a grower of figs, and yet he had a strong prophetic voice. He prophesies against the surrounding nations and then against Israel herself. He was an 8th century B.C. contemporary of Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah. Although he was a man of Judah, the southern kingdom, he was sent by God to Israel, the northern kingdom, to prophesy what he saw. He saw God judging not just the nations, but Israel. The first portion of the book contains eight oracles to the nations. Stern judgments are pronounced, beginning with this ominous phrase, for three sins, yea, even four. First, we have his word to six nations, starting with its northern neighbor, Damascus, that is Syria. For three sins of Damascus, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Amos chapter 1, verse 3. This is followed by words against Gaza, in verses 6 through 8, and Tyre, in verses 9 through 10. Then he prophesies against cousin nations, descending from Jacob's brother Esau, that is, Edom, in verses 11 and 12, and nations descending from Abraham's cousin Lot, the nations of Ammon, in verses 13 through 15, and Moab, in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Some of these nations were guilty of great cruelty and slave trading, such as Damascus and Gaza. Amos, coming from Judah, then pronounces judgment on Judah, for its rejection of God's word, in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not revoke its punishment, because they rejected the law of the Lord, and have not kept his statutes. Their lies also have led them astray, those after which their fathers walked. So I will send fire upon Judah, and it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. Amos brings a denunciation on the sins of Israel, 
while they are experiencing years of affluence. The rich exploited the poor and practiced oppression, greed, sexual immorality, and false worship in chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. He recounts their history in which God showed them mercy and provided for their need. He prophesies judgment. Israel was highly privileged and yet unrepentant of her sins. Do they think that there will be no consequence for their rebellion and disregard for the covenant? Amos chapter 3, verses 3-5 through reads, Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion growl from his den unless he has captured something? Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground when there is no bait in it? Does a trap spring up from the earth when it captures nothing at all? Amos makes a point that God is giving them warning through the prophets. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, he promises that he will bring destruction upon the false altars at Bethel. This prophecy is fulfilled when Assyria destroys the capital city of Samaria, conquering Israel in 722 B.C., less than 30 years later. Now let's go to our reading from the New Testament, the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. To the church in Ephesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently, and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the church in Smyrna. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and the last, who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. To the church in Pergamum, and to the angel of the church in Pergamum write the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak, to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. 
If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament passage from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. We are reading the epistles of Jesus to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Ephesus is commended for her deeds, hard work, and perseverance. They are also commended for having zero tolerance of false apostles, prophets, and teachers. They hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which is believed to be a Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word for Balaamites. Remember that Balaam was a prophet who deceived the Israelites into the practices of carrying out their lustful desires in the name of worship. But the Lord has something against Ephesus. They left their first love. In verses 8 through 11, we have the Lord's letter to the persecuted church of Smyrna. There is not one word of correction for this church. They suffered for Christ and consequently were reigning with Him. They are promised a great reward for their patient endurance. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, so that you will be tested, and you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The Lord writes to the church at Pergamum. They are living in the midst of great opposition to the gospel. In fact, Jesus says that Satan has more than a foothold there. He has his throne there. Although some are persecuted and their beloved church member Antipas was put to death, they did not renounce their faith. Some of their members in Pergamum gave in to the teaching of Balaam, eating food sacrificed to idols and committing sexual immorality. He warns, Repent, or he will deal with them with the sword of his mouth. The promise given to the overcomers are promises that can be claimed by all who truly believe. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. In verse 7. And then in verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. And then in verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it. Do you have an ear to hear what God is saying through his written word? Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the book of Psalms and reading Psalm 129. Today is Peter Healy. They have afflicted me from my youth. A song of ascents. Psalm 129. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backward. 
Let them be like the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Here we have the psalmist's equivalent of what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, that though he has been knocked down, he has not been knocked out. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. The psalmist puts it this way, Many times they have persecuted me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they lengthened their furrows. Although these verses foreshadow the scourging of the Messiah, the psalmist is referring to the nation of Israel suffering at the hands of her foes, yet Israel's enemies never have the last word. God is her defender. The psalmist prays that the Lord will turn the tables on the enemies of Zion. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up with which the reaper does not fill his hand, or the binder of sheaves his bosom. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Psalm 129, verses 5-8 through 8. God's people often extend verbal blessings to each other, and indeed they are blessed. The Abrahamic promise proves true. Blessings are withheld from the enemies of Israel. Remember the Lord's promise to Abraham, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Our fuller reading of Scripture reminds us that Jesus said we are to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, and do good to those who hate us, and pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Now let's move on to our final stop in today's Bible reading tour. We go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 29, verses 19 and 20. By mere words a servant is not disciplined, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. If we really want people to benefit from instruction, they need to observe it in practice. Discipline, training, and correction must be backed up by action. Are we holding those we train accountable for putting lessons into practice? Verse 20 reminds us of the importance of thinking before you speak. Now let's take what we've been learning before the Lord in prayer. Lord, you have shown your love, not in words only, but in the great love message of your Son. Thank you for first loving us, May we never be moved away from the revelation of that love, and may your Holy Spirit shed that love abroad in our hearts. We pray that the Lord Jesus would be seen in our world today, illuminated by the testimony of the local churches. Thank you for the life of the overcomer, who has won for us the great blessings of fellowship, eternal life, and a new identity in Christ. Fill us with your Spirit and employ us as agents of your healing love, and proclaimers of your reconciling grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining with us in our Bible reading excursion today. 
And if you are in the greater Boston area, we want to remind you that uh, Celestial City is now playing at the Groton Dunstable Performing Arts Center. This is the New Life Fine Arts Musical that is based on the story of John Bunyan and his Pilgrim's Progress. And tickets can be purchased at newlifefinearts.org. And if you would like to subscribe to a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on on each day's reading, you can go to our website, newlife.org. And if you'd like to contact us with any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, may the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Shalom. Shalom.